Sparkler podcast number 22. I'm Leanne Centaur. I'm the managing editor and prose editor at Sparkler Monthly. Today, the other editor on the podcast is Lillian Diaz-Prisbel from our comics department. Say hi, Lillian. Hello. Hi, everybody. We are very fortunate today to be joined by one of our beloved creators, um, someone who has not been on a podcast with us before. And in fact, we've never spoken with her over the phone before. It's Heldrad of Orange Junk. Heldrad, why don't you say hi? Hi, everyone. Oh, I'm really excited to be here today. I'm glad to meet you all. We're excited to have you here. I know. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a long time coming. Uh, Heldrad is in Mexico, uh, which is yes. the... Uh, you're very far south, although you're close to our time zone. So this wasn't a super difficult... Your time zone or my time zone? I mean, within a few hours. Um, we've had problems. Like, we did the Magical How podcast, and that was like a 12-hour difference or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> So this is a little bit easier, although um, we hope that Heldrad this year can start, you know, we've been talking about her maybe coming to TCAF or something this year, which would be great. Oh, yes, TCAF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come up and uh, meet some of your adoring fans, because I, I will say that this year on the con circuit, we had a lot of people coming up to our table and saying, oh, Orange Junk, I thought that stopped. <laughs> I said, no. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they they used yeah. to read you when you were on Ink Blazers. Oh, and I said, no, I it's on Sparkler now. Buy the book. And I'd throw it at them. <laughs> we actually did quite well with Orange Junk at Yaoi Con as well, which, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little surprising because it's obviously not a boy's love story, but um, it's also not surprising because I feel like even at Yaoi Con, you want some diversity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. people are always there. They're excited when we, they see the postcards. They're excited when they see the book in person. So mm -hmm. it's been fun. We're looking forward oh. to have more of the books in print, hopefully soon. Oh, yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we go into those lovely logistics, because there's a lot of orange junk information that's coming out in the next month or two, and we, we're excited to discuss that. First, I'm going to have Heldred sort of summarize orange junk for for any of you who've not read it yet which by the way you should be you should absolutely be reading it but let's let's let heldred sell you on it well if you like um show your manga then you'll definitely like this orange junk comic because it's like a, a school comedy with um bits of romance and silliness and lots of shouting and screaming <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely really fun i had a lot of fun drawing it and writing it so I really hope you like it too and give it a chance if you have the time to to have a go at it. Yeah. It's so shoujo that one of the first reviews um, that came out, which was on Anime News Network, uh, Jason Thompson said, I kind of can't believe this didn't come out of Japan because you understand shoujo so perfectly. <laughs> uh, and then you make fun of it a lot, which is great. <laughs> Just like love playing around it with the stereotypes and... All that you see in the shoujo manga, I try to like turn it around and play with it a bit. Like, I don't know, you know, in shoujo manga, there's always this nerdy girl with glasses mm -hmm. and she's always like the class rep or something. <laughs> yeah. But now we have Louise here, who is obviously the opposite of that. She's like really optimistic and screams a lot and is really bad at math. <laughs> so. <laughs> It was really fun to have all these characters play together with all these differences because we have also Bruce here which looks like a bully or a jock or something mm. but he's actually like the smartest kid of his class and then there's Drew who looks like the lone wolf type of guy really cool <laughs> and handsome 
but now he's really clumsy and an otaku actually he loves like manga and games and everything so that was like my first thought when i came up with this idea i was like i want these characters who who look like this but i want them to be the opposite of what they look like and then let's have them interact together and, and see what happens yeah. that's how orange junk <laughs> came to be <laughs> you were doing it like one of the things reversal, that i yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Leanne. <laughs> no, I, I like that, that you were like, I love shoujo, time to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the yeah. things that I really like is that, like, a character like Louise, who, I mean, she's cute, but she's not, like, your conventional sort of hottie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you'd expect, you know, her to have some, like, transformation where it's like she takes off her glasses and gets a haircut and then she's like a babe uh-huh. and then everybody <laughs> likes her and instead it's just she stays exactly the same way she is and yet she still has all these guys who are completely <laughs> smitten with her <laughs> well, yeah, which i think is really terrific uh-huh. so yeah, I, I, as like a glasses a... wearing female i'm like keep those uh-huh. glasses louise i love the glasses so yeah, no. she's supposed to be a normal girl i mean that's the obvious cliche of this girl that takes up her glasses and becomes a hottie. <laughs> but, but no, she doesn't really have to. I mean, she has her personality and that's enough to get all the guys together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I find it really interesting that um, I think some of the criticisms that a few, you know, especially people who had only read the beginning of Orange Junk. Uh, and I had the same uh, criticism as well when I just read like a little bit, which was sort of she's dumb. Um, for sure. I mean, it's not really her fault that she's dumb. She was sort of spoiled her entire <laughs> life, and they didn't actually give her an education. Um, and so she kind of comes into this this school, and it's sort of like, what's her role here? Like, she's bad at school. She yells at everyone. <laughs> like, she doesn't like being here. She doesn't, you know, she was a rich girl, but she's not rich anymore. So sort of, what is her identity? Um, but I really like that what her identity is absolutely just her personality it's not what she's good at it's not her background it's that she's a very encouraging funny person that people want to be around her which is very unusual i think in shoujo where you have the main character is usually a little bit more passive or the audience is supposed to feel like she's every woman and you put her in there um so that you know you rather you can put yourself in there uh in her place but Louise is a very strong personality, um, and it's a little bit abrasive at first because she's n- unhappy with her situation, but it's not like mm. she's taking it out on people. She's just loud about everything that she does. <laughs> and then all these boys fall in love with her because they're like, you know, a lot of them are either quiet or they have their own issues and they can't sort their crap or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And she's very good at kind of rounding people up, bringing them together and getting them to fix their lives. She's almost mm-hmm. like... You know, one of those people who takes you aside and is like, you're a mess, I'm going to help you. Um, and not in a sort of toru way from Fruits Basket where it's like, I want everybody to be good. Yeah, because I was going to say that like, there's a lot of shoujo protagonists who have that kind of like help everybody fix their issues thing. But you're right that like a lot of them are also essentially pretty passive and quiet about it. So like mm-hmm. you and I have very different opinions on Fruits Basket overall, but like <laughs> yes. that's one of the things I really like about it. Um, but... But Louise is such a different character from Toru, or, yeah. or I mean, I think I think the person who she's most like is the protagonist of High School Debut, yes. whose name I'm forgetting right now, who's also kind of like over the top and kind of a mess. And even though she does kind of go through that physical transformation of like, let me learn how to be a hot girl, it's still very much kind of in her own 
her own style. Yeah. It's sort of, it's not learning about how to be somebody else. It's about learning how to better express herself kind of through her appearance. Um, and that's, I find that to be a very, very compelling story. Like I like, you know, as much as I love Toru, I also like that kind of almost hyperactivity and a protagonist mm-hmm. too. Like it gives the story a lot of energy. High, so. high school oh, yeah. debut is mm-hmm. a good comparison. Also Lovecom, where you have these really interesting yeah. female leads who are oh, yes. masters Lovely of their com- own destiny. Complex. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you read Lovely Complex? Yeah, I read it. Actually, I based my part of her personality in Risa. Oh, there you go. Because I, nice. I, loved, I loved it so much and it made me laugh and I, I thought she was one of the best protagonists I've ever uh, seen in any of these shoujo manga. I Absolutely She's agree. one of my favorites. Yeah. That's another comic that has, you know, Lovely Complexes it's the personality that's carrying her, not because she's, you know, the transfer student who's really good at something, not because she's beautiful, not because she's smart, mm-hmm. but because she's an interesting person and you want to hang out with her. So, and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of really working for Louise. I mean, like, everybody really likes yeah. her because she's very likable. Yeah, yeah so. she's very likable. She's a nice girl. Yeah, nice girl. But not even like nice, nice in a like a pathetic way or a simpering way. She's just like, mm. She looks for kind of the best in people um, after they've proven to not be a jerk. Because she does kind of make, sna- not snap judgments, but if somebody does something wrong, she gets genuinely angry with them and often won't forgive them, which comes up with Miles <laughs> when she meets yeah. Miles. Oh, She's like, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. She actually, Louise is kind of, I don't know, at the beginning, she has a lot of uh, prejudice um, thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, from when she grew up in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. She didn't really think um, a lot about other people's circumstances and just went with her own line of thought and what she, what she um, considered about people in general. But mm-hmm. um, as she became, uh, knowing all of her classmates and their lives, she began understanding why they were that way and... I think that made her grow as a person, and I think she became more mature as the story evolved. Absolutely, yeah. And I really like that about the story, because I think all the characters have their own growth. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. important first. Yeah, and it's surprising how a lot of comics don't include that kind of growth, because we've been talking about how Louise is, she's kind of the same, but she... She's she's still herself, but she does grow. She doesn't have a transformation, as Lillian had said. Right. Um, that mm-hmm. it's more like she naturally kind of learns more about people, becomes more empathetic, sort of gets more involved in people's lives and, and sees the stuff that she didn't see before. But her biases are very understandable. I mean, like, for anybody, again, who's not read Orange Junk, she basically comes from a very rich family. Um, mm-hmm. And then Louise's family basically loses it all and she has to go to, like, a terrible school full of thugs because now they have nothing. Um, and then she meets Bruce, who's, like, the school bully, who turns out to be, like, the smartest kid in class. Um, and she's, like, flunking out because she basically, her family essentially bought her grades so that the teacher makes a deal. And he's like, if if you tutor this girl, then I want her to pass class and then I won't report you for all the fights that you're starting because Bruce was picking fights with everybody. So they kind of are forced to work together. Um, and then the third guy, Drew, who's just kind of there. <laughs> I love Drew. He, he's... He was set up as sort of like Louise was in love with him because he was really beautiful. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but he's just a like the more she learns about him, the more she's like, I think you're actually a real weirdo. Um, 
<laughs> that people don't assume in like a that. good way. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but, a good weirdo. But, but yeah, <laughs> he's he's a. It's more like she, <laughs> yeah, she said he was like, oh, she he's like he looks like a earlier thing. I want to protect him at, at all costs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's a cinnamon. Which bone. we're really getting into in the current story arc of like mm-hmm. how everybody wants to protect Drew because oh. Drew apparently has. <laughs> no self-awareness and is incapable of protecting himself (laughs) so he's just so dense and clumsy the person yeah (laughs) like a little baby bird yeah Yeah. but not like in a again like there's so many times i've seen elements of this in shoujo but it never felt realistic or it felt forced or exaggerated I, i really believe like the way drew is weird is the way that real people are weird that he's just kind of a little bit of a space case um, his motivations are very odd and nobody really understands them because they're very personal to him. Um, mm. I won't mm-hmm. spoil it, but it ha- he he really wants Drew and Louise to fall in love for a very strange personal reason. But, it, you know, it's kind of a valid one. It's just just funny how he came to that conclusion. He's also, even though he's he's someone who's good at kind of looking at other people and seeing what's going on, he doesn't really have a lot of self-awareness. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the other thing I really like about this current arc is that He's going to figure out something about himself by the end of it, which we're we haven't co- quite gotten there in the serialized pages. We've almost gotten there in the new chapters. I think we'll get to mm-hmm. it in sort of the next installment. Um, yeah, you mean like Drew, and like uh, Drew's sexuality? Yeah, he's, so. he's going to make a realization about himself that's actually right. Yeah. You know, pretty important. Which is great. And there's one scene where he cries, and I kind of couldn't take it. I was like, no, precious cinnamon bun. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, orange junk does not usually make me tear up, but that one definitely did. Because usually, when there's a new chapter yeah. of orange junk that yeah. comes out, I'm like, I-, I can't eat while I while I read it, because I always laugh so hard that I'll choke. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> whenever the new chapters come in, it's like, oh, this needs to be proof, then, then like, I put down my sandwich. <laughs> it's like, all right, because I, I every chapter without fail, I'm howling with laughter. This comic is so funny. Um, especially the new ones, because... I love Miles. I think Miles is another, um, he doesn't show up until a little bit later, but he's a similar situation to Louise in that he was a child Mm -hmm. of privilege who kind of ended up interacting with all these commoners, you know, kind of like Odon High School host club style. Uh Um, Mm -hmm. But like, he's kind of like Louise if Louise was like way more judgmental and had a, he's like has a humongous ego that is constantly being destroyed. And he's just like, Whatever, I'm fine. Everything's good because I'm amazing. And he is so <laughs> funny to me. And also, he has so many problems. <laughs> it just, oh, yes. He just can't win. But, like, it's great because he's like, whatever, I'll get it next time because I'm better than all these idiots. <laughs> and he ends up becoming a... And you're really- like, maybe if you were, like, a nicer person, you'd have a better time of it. And so, like, I'm enjoying watching his evolving sort of friendship with Drew as well. Yeah. So... Of like that's how that's how Miles is going to learn how to be a nice person is by hanging out around <laughs> Drew, who is the world's nicest person. Yes, it's perfect. It's perfect, Eldred. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> More Miles. Yeah. That's always my request. He's one of my favorite characters, yes. <laughs> Miles. Well, that kind of uh, like yeah. haughty type, you know, that he's he's like an egoist but a failure of one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's kind of pathetic, but that's cute about him. Yeah, yeah. An ego, but pathetic. That's a good way to yeah. say. Also, he kind of complicates the romance, which is um, 
I, I don't know if Heldred wants to go into it because there's actually quite a bit of romance in this series. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not this. I wouldn't say that it's the focus of Orange Junk, um, but it's definitely building. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Heldred? It's getting interesting. <laughs> sure. Well, as you said, it's not exactly the the focus point of the comic, but it, it definitely is there. And in future chapters, you will see how it's evolving for both of Louise and Bruce. Mm. So I can't say much about it, but <laughs> I think it's going to start revealing in the next chapters. Actually, in the next chapter for the, this uh, upcoming issue, there is going to happen something. <gasps> That will turn everything around, <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm ready. So please look forward to it. <laughs> oh, that, so that's the one that's going to be in Sparkler issue 39? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's coming out with this podcast. So if you haven't read issue 39, go download it. Apparently, there's Orange Chunk oh, yes. Romance. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Uh, me too, because this is, I think this is like the middle point of the story. From here on, it's like everything is going to change for all of them. Wow. So it's going to be really important. Yes. <laughs> well, I do like the uh, evolution of what, like, well, I mean, this is not really much of a spoiler, but Bruce falls in love with Louise pretty early, and he kind of hates mm. himself for it, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> he has some... I don't know if he hates himself. He's sort of just mystified by it. He's like, I don't... Why? Think... <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yeah. I really like her, but then he also like doesn't know how to deal with it because like he wants to be sweet to her and like be good and like be a good boyfriend, and then he sort of doesn't trust himself to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is so interesting. Yeah, yeah, especially because Luis has no idea of what ha what's happening there. Oh god, yeah, Luis is completely clueless. <laughs> yeah, if only she knew. <laughs> I think that yeah. first time when he he realized he was in love with her because he had a romantic dream about her, where they were like at a ball or something, and they were all dressed up, and he woke uh, up and yes. he's like, "Wait a minute, I'm in love, and why did I have such a corny dream? I'm so embarrassed with my subconscious." <laughs> I think Bruce is more like the heroine of this story. If you yeah, think about yeah. it, he's like Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I feel like. Louise's growth is a lot more subtle. He has, like, his life is definitely more of a mess than hers is. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a very responsible guy, but he's just in over his head in a lot of ways, and he can't really process it. And Louise and Drew come in, and they're like, wow, you're an incredible, you know, smart, productive, hardworking guy, but, like, you need to get your shit sorted, and all you need is kind of, like, a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. And they're really great at that. They kind of, because, like, Bruce is, like, this gem of a man who's, like, kind of tough and, and smart and hot and hardworking and all that. But, like, just, he's a little bit self-sabotaging and also is just kind of in a situation where he can't really get ahead. There's too many people. He's got a whole family that's kind of depending on him. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to do well in school. And, and he just, like, he just needs help. And he's really really terrible at asking for help so louise forces help on him <laughs> which you know yeah that's true well i heard an argument once that somebody said in oran high school host club the real shoujo heroine in that was tamaki because it was really kind of about his growth <laughs> yeah. i think you could probably yeah. say that about orange junk that bruce is the the female lead in a shoujo. <laughs> oh that's true actually you're right <laughs> yeah He's the best. Also, he's super hot, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's Bruce. <laughs> I it's saw like a little jam. Yes. <laughs> saw some of the art that you've been doing. So I uh, I asked uh, Heldred to do some stylish art for uh, some some of the orange junk stuff that's coming up this month, and you posted on Twitter a sketch mm. of Bruce sucking a lollipop, which I was not expecting. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly yeah. what I. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's God. no fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I will send it to you after this podcast. It is a delight. Good job, awesome. Heldrad. Okay, in this pic, there is the four of them eating candy. So the Miles will be having chocolate. Oh, Bruce, God. a lollipop. Louise, she has a, a little uh, a gummy. One of those that look like a, a, a worm that are, is colorful. <laughs> yeah. A colorful yeah. worm. Yeah. And Drew is going to have a bubble gum. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And to be really... Really cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. And I'm looking up for um, some fashion tips around for their clothes. It's really fun. <laughs> their fashion is so good. Like, like I <laughs> love your um, covers for all the volumes. We've actually only um, released one of them. The, the cover of volume one, that's the paperback cover. For anybody who's seen it, it's sort of, it's like three colors. It's kind of like orange, green, mm. uh, no, wait, pink, green, yellow. Was that what it was? Maybe orange as well. Uh -huh. Yeah, pink and yellow, orange and blue. The cover of the orange junk one yeah. paperback. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's pink, yellow, it's, orange, and blue. Yeah, right. a lot of colors. Right, and they're all standing there, sort of in fashion. It almost looks like a Gap ad, you know, that they're all kind of standing there, <laughs> looking disaffected and beautiful. And uh, she's actually done a cover, like a different variation of that for like the volumes two and up paperback covers, which we haven't published yet. So there's one that's like them all wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. I remember is the oh I love that one. Yeah, that, so... that one's my favorite. Uh, there's one where the boys are all dressed for the um, the the basically the male modeling contest that's in volume like mm -hmm. two or three. Yeah. Um. So it's it's Bruce and Miles and Ryan. Was that his name? The little guy. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Who spoken? He spoke in a different font because he was so flowery. <laughs> Oh, or yeah. bubbly, I think. He had like a Had bubble font. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Miles spoke in cursive, I think, for a while, right? Yeah, well, he stopped now because he, I think he changed his way of talking. He used to talk like so pompous. Yeah. Like, oh, I am from a royal family almost. <laughs> no, no, he, yeah, yeah. it's normal. <laughs> he got down in the muck with the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fine, I'll go to public school and join the drama club and <laughs> go to class with thugs and <laughs> it's great yeah. join the muck get in the muck miles it's fun in here that's awesome so how do you do your research for the fashion what what resources do you use uh, well you usually go to google <laughs> but then yeah. there's a site called pinterest uh -huh. and there's like a lot of fashion tips and um i don't know different models wearing different clothes depending on the season yeah mm. yeah pinterest um, is great so uh-huh so i like uh, looking at them and see which would suit everyone like i don't know maybe something colorful for louise something manly or masculine for bruce something elegant for miles and something cute for drew that's how i go at it <laughs> Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> and they wear so many clothes through the course of the con. I mean, like, some shoujo are kind of lazy about that, but not you. They're always wearing different outfits. It's really great. Oh, yeah, I try to. <laughs> because, I mean, it's supposed to be um, 
in the real world mm. somewhere. So they should like wear different clothes, like normal mm-hmm. people. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I do. Actually, I had a question about that. Um, mm-hmm. What country is Orange Junk supposed to take place in? Uh, well, to be honest, um, I base like a lot of places from my own city, mm. like their school and some of the street um, shots that you sometimes see like in, in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So some of them are photos that I took oh, nice. just walking around. Oh. And so uh, some buildings are maybe photos from other cities mm-hmm. in other countries, like maybe the United States or so forth. I think that it's like, um, um, I don't know, a mix between Mexico and the U.S. or something, yeah. <laughs> because it could be like anywhere uh, in between these two countries. Yeah, mostly. It, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like from like I went to American schools and so did Lillian. It could very easily be American school schooling the way that you were mm-hmm. talking about it and, and the, the schools that they're in there. So I like that it could really sort of be either because you, you have a Spanish version of the comic. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Actually, in the Spanish version, they also have Spanish names. Right. What are their <laughs> so, names in oh, Spanish? Oh, really? Oh uh-huh, yes, um, Luis is Luisa, which is the same, just okay. with an A. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bruce uh, becomes Braulio. Wow. That's <laughs> a also sexy starts name. with PR. Yeah. And then Drew is uh, Dario, and Miles is Mauro. So yeah, they're wow. kind of similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You, you post it somewhere online, right? The the Spanish version? Yeah, there's a Spanish website for webcomics. Actually, I've seen a lot of friends there, like Coti Saavedra or um, the author of Awaken. Mm. She's there. Cody, yeah. It's called uh, subcultura. Oh, okay. Subcultura.es. So that's where I'm posting also... Orange Young, but uh, it's like some chapters behind so that there's no problem with the, the installments on Sparkler mostly. Yeah, I think we're, well, right. the magazine is really far ahead. <laughs> this is the thing about yeah. Orange Junk. You do so <laughs> many pages so quickly that um, the magazine is like multiple chapters ahead, like at least two uh, full months worth of uh, chapters yeah. ahead right now. Um, yes. That actually leads to my next point, which is part of our Orange Junk Festival is once this podcast and issue comes out orange junk is moving to five days a week as opposed to just monday wednesday friday so anybody who's following along on the site with the free pages and doesn't have a subscription to the magazine they're now going to get every weekday there's going to be a new page of orange junk because we need to catch up to the magazine <laughs> yay that's awesome <laughs> well that's because you draw so fast so <laughs> <laughs> it's also a chance to catch up to the newest chapters <laughs> yeah well, you've started to really get some commentary going on the website, um, people who are following it and leaving notes for you. And they love oh. Drew. They just love Drew. <laughs> yeah, everyone is so protective of him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's such a, such a cutie pie. Just keep, what do they say, protect him? I'm thinking of all the memes of, like, cute people. Mm. Yeah. Orange Junk, here you are on Subcultura. Subcultura.es. Uh, let's see how far you are. Chapter 18, page 12. Yeah, so you're close to Sparkler, the free pages, but mm-hmm. the uh, magazine. So if, if anybody out there either speaks Spanish or is trying to learn Spanish, you can go look up Orange Junk in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, but um, be careful because it's like a, 
really Mexican lingo. I mean, oh, really? That's awesome. You know, that's actually very interesting because um, Windrose is also, there's also a Spanish version of that um, through a, mm -hmm. a publisher in Spain. But those guys are, uh, Cosen is from Spain, so I bet their Spanish is quite a bit yeah, different. They're, they're Spain Spanish. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, totally. Yes. That's great. Oh, man. I'm not sure if their Spanish stuff is online. I think a lot of them, they, they were print publishers in Spain. Um, there might, maybe Letera I don't know anymore. Mm. All I know, Letera was yeah. completed in Spanish a long, not a long time ago, but uh, several years ago. And we're serializing it for the first time in English on sparklemonthly.com. But I think that I'm not sure how much of their Spanish stuff is online, except for like, they, I know they have a light novel running right now. Um, I think that's in Spanish. It's kind of a, a toss up. Um, different countries have sort of different policies on how they publish or self-publish. And I mm -hmm. think Spain is a little bit more of a print industry than a web industry, but I could be wrong. Uh, yes. Yeah, definitely. But the best part is you, sometimes you can be both in the case of Orange Junk, since we're a web publisher anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I think I did a great job because at the beginning, well, I usually when when I used to draw some web comics, I didn't really care about printing or not printing. Mm. But when I started Orange Junk, I was like, oh, maybe someday it will get printed. So I'll try to do it in this uh, size and this format. And well, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, and you actually, we had to re—you had to do, redo a lot of the art for, I think, the tones, right? Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a little blunder I did because I, I didn't yeah. know some of the specifics about printing with these kind of tones. Oh, it's so, so complicated. I had to change yeah. some things, but I think it looked—it looked really great. In print. Yeah, I think the next ones are going to look even better too because we have to do less fiddling with them. So yeah. that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think so. Like one, one yes. came out pretty good. Um, I want to do. I think we can try and do even better with the second one because we were talking to the printer a lot about that, and we're like, can we make two look better? And I, I think I think we might be able to, and especially three, which was made after you joined us and stuff too. So we, we want them to progressively right. look better and better. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm happy with Volume 1 the way that it is now, for sure. It is such a cute book with that cover. Um, I know that Lisa Patillo, who does a lot of our cover designs, she did a really great job on the Orange Junk one. So there's a back, oh, there's yeah. there's stuff on the back that's like, um, there's that picture of Louise trying to read a book, and she's like, ah! <laughs> but what I find very interesting is Heldred drew that same picture, but from behind? So they're all standing on that paperback cover, looking like Gap models, and there's a version where you can see their backs that you drew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wish we could have done that on the book. I think that would have been really funny that it's like, oh, it's their butts. Like, <laughs> so I'm hoping that at one point we can use, or if we did it as like a keychain or something, it would be a double-sided because like, I just think that's really interesting that like that could have made a cool you know, we can do something with that. It's it's really interesting. Most people don't do the three-dimensional view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because, well, at the time when I wanted to print them uh, by myself, I thought, well, maybe I can make this like the, the back of the cover and have it like this, but I never actually did it, so I just left it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, Speaking of the next couple volumes in print, so I think we're going to announce this with the issue as well, that Orange Junk is going to be kickstarted very soon. Um, 
sometime. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Some should be sort of like late October. Um, give or take a couple things. The Knights Errant paperback has to go to the printer first, but it's like really almost done. Um, and once that's off, then we can uh, really focus on because we've been working on the Knights Errant paperback for like six months. <laughs> um, What's interesting about that comic is the the artist went back and redrew a fair amount of stuff, and uh, there was a lot of bonus material because that Kickstarter was very successful. So uh, it's going to be a really beautiful book. But once that's sort of off, then it is it is time to celebrate Orange Junk, and we're going to kickstart. Uh, it's actually for multiple volumes. So the way it'll be designed is the initial goal will be for volumes two and three, which are both finished uh, and ready. You know, we can ready them for print. And then mm -hmm. the first stretch goal is going to be also printing volume four because that's almost done because Helldread works so fast. <laughs> um, and we'll make them all sort of match, uh, especially since you've already drawn those front covers to kind of match. So they'll be like a really interestingly matched mm -hmm. set of paperbacks, mm -hmm. which we've never had anything quite like that. You know, like there's a similarity in design for sure, but like the actual illustrations that we've done before have never matched this beautifully. So it's going to be such a great set. Like, I think when people oh, see them, yes. <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, my God, I need that on my shelf. And it's going to just be these rainbows <laughs> of color. Uh, I can't wait to have them for conventions because I think people are going to love it <laughs> to see all oh, of them. Oh, yeah. Person. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're also going to be doing some extra stuff as kind of a part of that Kickstarter. So um, there's a uh, right now we have a keychain design that Heldred is going to be doing. Um, it was actually tied mm -hmm. to the membership drive, uh, but it just happened to fall in this month, which is perfect. And what day was that again? I want to remind everyone that you're going to be doing a live stream where you're going to be oh, taking yes. requests right. for basically keychain designs. So you're going to do sort of a chibi and mm -hmm. people can go into this this live stream and say, oh, I want these two people to kiss or I want, you know, Drew Justice Santa Claus or... <laughs> Oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever people request. And then uh, basically of all the stuff that you end up sketching in that live stream based on the feedback, we're going to put it to a vote and people will decide which uh, chibi they like the best that they want to turn into a keychain. Mm -hmm. And then the keychain will be part of uh, – we'll be selling it and I think it'll also be part of the Kickstarter. But in addition for the Kickstarter, some of those rejected ones – so let, let's say there's 10 that we put up that you did and we put up for vote – the other ones are going to become a sticker set. So uh, with like all these chibi stickers and that will be through the Kickstarter. So uh, I'm looking it up now. October 16th, which is a Sunday. So that's about eh, about a week after this issue comes out. 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find this online. We'll be we'll be tweeting it and stuff at the time of. But October 16th, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Come join the Heldred live stream to basically get your prompts drawn into a sticker set and or maybe a keychain. So, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've done something similar to that in the past because I've seen that your live streams, you take requests. Live streams. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, sometimes I did it. Uh, yeah. It was about... Uh... Sketch, uh, sketches prompts. Yeah. yeah. It was really fun because I, I got to draw a lot of, of sketches in in pen and then just take it, take, I took the pictures and posted them online and it was really fun. Yeah, I got a lot of really interesting prompts. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yeah. What do you, do people ask you, like when, when you interact with your fans, what do they seem to like the best or they request, you know, like what is it that they, gets them really excited? The ships. The ship. 
<laughs> yeah, because I've seen some people like shipping Drew and Miles, or obviously Louise and Bruce, mm-hmm. and even sometimes I've gotten some fan arts that are really weird <laughs> but really fun. I once got one which was Bruce and Drew, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a delight. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> what about the um, the little brothers? Wasn't that a ship for a while? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tommy yeah. yeah. and Will, yeah. Tommy and Will. Yeah, so one of Bruce's younger siblings and uh, Louise's uptight little... His Her brother's an uptight little shit. Brother. He's really great. Yeah. And he had a, an emotional arc with um, Bruce's little... Uh, now... Tommy, right? That's his name? Uh, yeah. Okay. Bruce's brother, yeah. Yeah, so t- Tommy. Tommy yeah. and Jenny, the twins, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not making a mistake. So Tommy <laughs> was helping Will with, you know, some stuff. And there, it was like a Christmas arc. Um, it was really very cute. And as soon as that came out, we started getting all these comments. So, so many comments. That were like, <laughs> are they going to grow up and make out? And then you drew a picture of them <laughs> grown up together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like when they're in high school. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like giving people what they want. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You're like a dream creator that you'll take these prompts and just draw them. Yeah, I actually kind of felt like drawing a story for both of them someday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it was a very people good... That story. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. uh, you did a really good job with them. I thought they really connected in a in a realistic way during that arc. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of shipping you could do, considering uh, Orange Junk's romance is still kind of developing, but everybody's really close friends. Um, mm-hmm. They've all yeah. overcome so many hurdles that at this point, it's like if some of them start kissing, well, like, yeah, all right. Like, they all like each <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite like, some of our other series are very, very sexually charged. Where it's like, okay, make out or I'm going to get, like, angry. But um, <laughs> but Orange Junk is like, if any of them made out, I'd be like, oh, that's so sweet. I support them. <laughs> Whoever they are. Because they all get along. With the exception of maybe Miles and Bruce. That would be kind of a weird ship. But mm-hmm. yeah. well, it'd be like a hate ship. It could be, like, kind of the rivals and falling in love or yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always something. <laughs> Oh, yes. I, I have to say that I think my favorite Miles plotline, or rather, my favorite Drew plotline is the fact that both Bruce and Miles want Drew to be their wingman for Louise. So they're like, talk yeah. me up to her and keep other men away from her. And But Drew can't say no, so he just goes along with it. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's kind of playing all sides and also feeling terrible about it. And like <laughs> like laughing while crying, where he's like, Louise, I think you should make a choice so I can like not have to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since for Louise it's not even make a choice. It's like, do you want to date anyone? Because like a lot of boys are hitting on you and it's going right over your head. <laughs> yeah. So the other uh, stuff that's coming up with uh, Orange Junk this month is, so the five days a week, uh, we'll be doing the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> So you're going to be the cover of this because there's an important chapter that's coming up, as, as you had mentioned, in this issue. Mm-hmm. And not only is there going to be an Orange Junk cover, but because it's October, you're doing a costume Orange Junk cover for, like, in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was Leanne's idea, actually. Well, except I didn't Leanne tell you what to draw. Yeah, I love it. They're not all good ideas. But 
I didn't tell you what to draw. And once again, you tweeted a picture of it almost looked like <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, like a like a masquerade sort of ball. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. I love it, too. I think it, it turned great considering <laughs> that I do it. I give you very <laughs> small like prompts and you take them and you go crazy. They're so good, Heldred. <laughs> yeah, well, I was also thinking about the plot of this chapter. So if I do something like really happy, maybe it didn't have nothing to do with, with what, what's happening. So I kind of drew something that <laughs> oh. But I'm not going to spoil anything. So it's like a serious <laughs> chapter. Mm, kind of. Well, it's kind of silly, but well, you'll see. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. As part of all this, our website will be turning orange, too, in honor of orange junk and Halloween mm -hmm. and all this crazy stuff that's happening. We may have one or two other surprises in the in the tank that are coming out this month, but basically want to take an excuse. We want to use this as an excuse to do all things orange junk for at least a couple weeks because you've been running with us for a while now i mean maybe a mm, year and a half year and a half yeah 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 yes. so you've actually this comic is quite old though you've been doing it since i think 2011 mm -hmm. yeah it started in 2011 yeah. can you tell us a little bit about like you said why you want you wanted to do a shoujo that kind of played with tropes but can you tell us a little bit about when and how you got started and how you ended up here yeah well at that time, I was about to finish my first webcomic that was a voice lab. It's actually still there in Smack Jeeps. So after that, I wanted to try something different and something I could actually show to my parents or my family. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how dirty was this boy's love? Uh, well, I think it's not very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What was the name of this comic? Uh, it was called Chloe Remembrance. Oh, I gotta look it's, it's a voice love that it's, it's set in the Victorian era. Oh. Uh -huh. And I had a lot of fun with it, but I started when I was in first year in high school. And wow. well, at that time I was like crazy about voice love. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a lot of fun, but it was definitely not something I could show to like my family. <laughs> mm. So then I came up with this idea to draw a shoujo manga and uh, I'll actually the main plot for this story I think I mm, I thought about it in like 2008 or something wow but it I never actually started right away so I just had like little ideas or um, name the names are something like that no? like the character profiles but I didn't know what to do with these characters yet I just knew that I wanted them in a story. Yeah. So in 2011, I began drawing the first chapter. I it got told like at half the chapter because uh, I didn't really know where it was going. I was just drawing along as a, as I was coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. But then I decided to start writing the scripts and. For some reason, it became really natural to write them because these characters, as they began interacting with each other, it, it was almost as if they were alive. Mm. Like, mm. It became really easy to write and I was like, oh, oh <laughs> so many ideas. <laughs> I, began, I began, uh, began writing and writing and writing and then suddenly it was like 30 chapters and I was oh my god, this, is, <laughs> this got really long. <laughs> I didn't know it would get like this far. but. But I've had really a lot of fun writing it. 
I think it was also important to be in a good mood to write because since there's a lot of comedy, I like used those moments where I was really happy or something, and ideas just like came flowing really easily. And yes, um, what else? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> orange. So orange junk was the result when you were in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I love that. <laughs> so much of art, people talk about it coming from. You know, when I'm upset, I write or like, you know, I have to go through some hardships in order to kind of get into the mental space. But like, I'm in a good mood time to write some orange junk. That is that is a great story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, when I was younger, I would really like uh, to torture my characters and <laughs> make them go oh. through hardships <laughs> and everything <laughs> like many authors do. But then with Orange Young, it's like, oh, these are my yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything I write is depressing. Like See, I need Orange Junk oh, yeah. in my life. I like this story. When you're in a good mood, write something different. That's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I be became like a, a protective father or parent. And I wanted to protect my child, my children. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just want them to be happy and you know, have fun and joke around. I think I really enjoy like drawing them, have fun and love and everything. But I also think that it's important to sometimes have um, difficulties in life so that they can learn from it and grow as a, as a person. Right, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that I think that's something you handle really well is yeah. the idea of, like, without making them suffer or be miserable, you're still throwing challenges at them that they have to mm -hmm. overcome figure out like how to grow so it's it's really it's a smart story in that regard because like there's so many slice of life type stories or like high school stories where nothing really happens mm -hmm. yeah and yet there's something always happening in orange john yeah seriously like, there's always something going on you're always coming up with like new ideas for the story arcs that you know again kind of force your characters to learn things about themselves and to change um without being like then everybody gets hit by a bus and dies and they have to deal with it. And you're like, whoa! <laughs> Which is, you know, what what a lot of authors, you know, will do sometimes. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, good job. <laughs> um, so I actually had a question, which was, you know, not only do you draw at a remarkable pace, but are you still in school or do you have a job? Because I kind of thought you had uh, a day job. Yeah, I'm working with my father. We have a, a construction company. Um, so I, studied I can't believe that you have a day job and you crank out this many pages. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I follow a schedule. I think I go to work from the morning until 6 p.m. And uh -huh. usually once I finish, I go immediately go home and start drawing. So I have like another six hours or so to draw. Wow. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> but it's like the best um, time of the day. So I really enjoy it and I don't find it like tiring or anything you are. i'm always looking forward to go home and start drawing right away yeah. you are awesome yeah. you're an architect <laughs> you're an architect aren't you yeah yeah actually yeah. i have some projects right now that are kind of challenging and i don't really know what i'm doing <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really cool and i'm learning a lot as well i think i'm also enjoying my job mm. that explains why your backgrounds are so good in orange junk oh yeah <laughs> so like i learned about backgrounds and perspectives since I was uh, quite young. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm using it to to improve all well, the, my drawings and 
on my comics. I think that's a really important part of of telling a story, the the context of the of the characters and everything. So yeah, I try mm-hmm. to put an effort on it. Yeah, well, it, you know, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. I think in the same way that the fashion kind of grounds it and makes it sort of visually interesting. The mm. you do put a lot of tones, you put a lot of backgrounds, you put a lot of detail in in, in the stuff that you write, and also um, just interesting panel layouts. You know, considering it's mostly about people talking, there's nothing boring <laughs> about the the visual about the the visual nature of your pages. They always kind of they're dynamic and they're fun and they they, they really pop. You know, um, I find your comics you do a really good job of kind of condensing stuff so that. There's a lot of information mm-hmm. on one page, and as a result, mm-hmm. you've done over 500 pages now of Orange Junk, and mm-hmm. there's so much that happens in that, um, but it doesn't feel rushed either. Like, you found this really good pacing that reminds me of shoujo manga, except yours is mm-hmm. faster than a lot of shoujo manga. Um, mm-hmm. Reminds me a little bit more of webcomics, which are trying to get, you know, they, they're designed to be serialized one or two pages a week. Mm-hmm. But you also write in chapters really well. So when a full chapter comes out in Sparkler, there's like, you know, it's 15 or 20 pages and it's like, like a full idea and it's like a full arc in sort of what they're doing. And so when you originally, you published on what, Smack Jeeves originally? Yeah, originally and Smack Jeeves. Right. And yeah, then Ink Lasers and then Tapastic. Yeah, <laughs> she, she's been to a lot of places before. Um, yes. Now, I think that you had done something like 250 pages before you joined us. Um, it was basically mm-hmm. the first two volumes had been complete. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we had found you from Ink Blazers because you were actually doing quite well on there. And when Ink Blazers uh, kind of went out of business, we were looking at sort of comics in there. We're like, oh, these people might be interested in, in being published. And you were in, I think, the top ten. I think you were like, uh, when it shut down, oh, yeah. you were right in there. And I was like, wow, mm. this is 100% what we, we aim for in, in, show, in uh, Sparkler. You had a mm-hmm. very shoujo style. Um, you had a female lead character, which a lot of people don't do. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, because a lot of shoujo is about hot boys, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I really liked that Louise was kind of, you sort of took the, the mentality of not, Shoujo from the 1990s? <laughs> you have a little <laughs> bit of a retro feel to your art style and your storytelling, where I feel like in the 1990s, shoujo heroines had a little more spitfire to them. Like, I think the passive shoujo heroines are a little bit more modern, but in the 90s, um, yes. there was a lot more bickering. You know, they'd fight with their love interests, they would have fiery personalities. Um, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Louise is better yeah, that's written true. than a <laughs> yeah, lot of I wonder those. why, but it's true. <laughs> Now that you mention it. You know, I think it had to do with a lot of Japan has moved towards reader insertion. They want more characters who are a little bit bland so that the audience can feel like they can put themselves in there. Interactive mm. entertainment is very big over there. If you've ever played visual novels or, you know, some of these audio dramas, the just like the dating sims and stuff that you can you can buy mm-hmm. a lot of it has to do with oh the audience wants to be able to imagine him or herself as this lead character so i think mm-hmm. that as interact and also technology changed right now we can do more interactivity mm-hmm. we can do more games we can do mm-hmm. more stuff so i think that as we move towards rather as japan moved more towards interactivity the care the main characters got a little more bland <laughs> oh yeah well that makes sense yeah and i think also yeah. it's just trends you know for some reason some character is popular and sort of a lot of people 
you know, I, one of my favorite shoujo manga the last, like, five, ten years was Vampire Night. And the lead character mm-hmm. in that, she was okay, but she never got to do anything cool because the boys had to do all the cool stuff so they'd look hotter. <laughs> <laughs> and it just felt like kind of a waste. So even if the character, even if the female lead is not passive, her role in the story is very passive. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to Louise, who's really, she's almost got kind of the Genki type where she's pushing the plot forward except she's not aware of it <laughs> yeah exactly it, it's more like she's very charismatic in a way that the genki type often aren't a lot of the genki type characters are just really fun and and, and bouncy and nice mm-hmm. but they're not always that complex they're not they're kind always... of set dressing yeah exactly mm-hmm. and they're not usually this funny like louise is really very funny mm-hmm. um <laughs> And also gets mad, which I like. <laughs> when something really pisses yeah. her off, she 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 tells you. Mm-hmm. She's pretty honest with her emotions. <laughs> yeah. So when we saw this and we were like, wow, I wonder if Heldred would be interested in going to Sparkle, especially as I was reading through all the Ink Blazer stuff. I was like, this one, <laughs> I feel like this one really belongs in Sparkler. <laughs> um, but it was a hard time for us. We didn't have a lot that we could offer you. And, you know, we weren't really sure where our future was. I think this was somewhere in like late year two where things were pretty bad before we did <laughs> that, that year three Kickstarter, which was really important. Um, but I'm so glad that we teamed up because God, I can't imagine Sparkler without you now. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Especially since you do so many pages, you're in like every issue with like a 20 page chapter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. People get so much orange junk in. I really like Louise learning how to play the bass, too. Like, this oh, is kind yeah. of changing the subject a little bit, but, yeah. like, I enjoyed the fact that, like, Louise, who so far hasn't really been great at anything, mm-hmm. is really working hard to learn how to play the bass. And, like, yeah. she's pretty good at it. Um, <laughs> I think that's really nice. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could have played that particular story angle, and we sort of talked about it a little bit at the time. But, yeah, I like the fact that she apparently is a better musician than, you know, <laughs> anyone sort of realized in the story so far. Mm. Um, and so she actually picks it up pretty quickly and seems to really be enjoying herself with this random bunch of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in the music club. Oh, the band members, yes. Those guys. <laughs> yeah. They make that weird rock band. Oh, I love them, the the band club. <laughs> I love the whole club arc that you're doing right now with the school clubs. Everybody's sort of pursuing, you know, it's, again, very traditional in shoujo, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, join a club, but you're doing it. It's so funny, just where <laughs> they all ended up migrating to and... Oh my gosh, Drew and Miles and their drama in the drama club, which makes perfect sense. (laughs) Although, I I gotta say, I was a little bit surprised with some of the reader reactions (laughs) to stuff that was happening in the drama club. Um, Some stuff that I was like, this is very creepy, and they're like, that's so romantic. And it's like... Oh yeah! (laughs) I was surprised too. I was like, oh no, maybe they will get disappointed. (laughs) Well... You know, I think it's fair to say that at this point, your readership is kind of thirsty. I think they want to start seeing people yeah. making some romantic connections. And you're yeah. doing that. This was kind of the beginning of that, but it was sort of a side thing. Um, mm. Sounds to me like they're going to get some payoff like this month. So Yeah, they will. <laughs> I know you're thirsty for content, guys, but we'll, you know, there'll be a good relationship that's healthy and not whatever Drew was sort of getting dragged into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It has to be slow. Yeah. A little, little. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, they're they're kids, right? Like, it makes sense mm. that it would take them a while to kind of get their 
their crap sorted and, and be like, oh, I like this person, I should do something. Because usually they're just like, oh, I can't handle it. Oh, I'm going to go play video games. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I want Bruce and Louise to kiss. I'm, I'm a big Bruce Louise shipper for sure. <laughs> Plus his mom loves her. So like, oh. just, yeah. I like Bruce's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's really great. The poor lady's just kind of had a rough go of it, but she's she's so sweet. And I, I love how she just kind of makes fun of Bruce. Like, she's always <laughs> teasing him in, like, really embarrassing ways, and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I base her a bit on my mom because she's like oh, that, yeah? too. She loves teasing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did like when he was on TV for being hot. And she's telling all the nurses, yeah. look how hot my son is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's what parents do. Well, at least here in Mexico, parents are always bragging about their sons and daughters. And yeah, that's pretty common. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Look at my look at my wonderful child. Yeah, um, <laughs> look how much he's accomplished and so on. Well, I really enjoyed Bruce's um, little sister being like, I'm not rooting for you. I want to root for a boy I'm sexually attracted to. And he's like, that's fair. <laughs> I want to root for one of the hot ones. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not supporting you. To hell with that. <laughs> I want these pretty boys. Well, she has a crush on Miles, right? She's great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. And Miles is just a garbage person. <laughs> oh, more Miles. I, I'm so glad that he came back because the arc that he came in, which again, for people who haven't read, there's sort of an arc around volume two or three where there's a male modeling contest and he was introduced in this. And I was really hoping he'd become a recurring character because he was so funny. And also he just oh, yeah. constantly failing at everything and not getting depressed about it. Just being like, I'll get those assholes next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it comes from such a place of egotism. It's kind of yeah. like they just don't appreciate how spectacular I am. Why yeah. doesn't anybody appreciate that I'm so awesome? <laughs> and there's something, and it's like no, because you're you're a fucking mess, Miles. <laughs> it's it's refreshing in a way that it's like this this pure, yeah. like his, his self esteem is so high. That's what fuels him through his whole life, especially since. In these kinds of stories, and even in the case of Orange Junk, a lot of them have self-esteem issues, you know? They're always second-guessing themselves mm -hmm. or whatever. But Miles is yeah. like, fuck it, I'm amazing. This is just a <laughs> blip on my glorious journey to, to success. <laughs> yeah. You heathens don't know how good you're, you could have it. Oh, yeah. So. But, but, you know, he learns humility pretty fast. Um, so he's really, like, you know, his growth, because he didn't have as long, you know, he wasn't in as many pages as some of the other characters because he joined later. But I feel mm -hmm. like his arc has also been really good, that he had to learn when to say he was sorry. Um, he had to learn when to back off. It didn't affect his self-esteem at all, which is also, again, refreshing that this kid is so, like, <laughs> convinced in his own glory. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he had to learn how to, like, not be a dick, which is, you know, mm -hmm. fair. Um, he's a little, he's still a little bit of a dick, which I love, because it, it's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what nice. He's gonna have another arc later in in the story and it's going to be oh really sad oh but my god say it but <laughs> oh, no. yeah, he's gonna keep learning <laughs> about life <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> see i was really hoping for a good drew arc and uh the most recent chapters have been so good with drew because I, I i always felt like drew was he was so good in a group but he didn't get to do that much stuff alone um until mm -hmm the last couple chapters where it's like, oh my god, this is perfect. This is just what I wanted. 
<laughs> and you're doing a very good job of kind of cycling the, the arcs, you know, so that everybody, their relationships and their their personal growth, they're all connected. But they also don't all happen at once, so it's really confusing. I like that you kind of space it out. So it's like, well, in this arc, you know, Drew will have some growing up to do, but not right now because this is really a Bruce-heavy arc. Or this is really about mm. Louise. I thought the Will and Tommy one, again, was, like, really great. Um, just in general, sort of the Christmas stuff was bringing up a lot of issues about, you know, family and stuff. Because Drew lost his family mm -hmm. and Miles has family problems. And Louise has serious family problems. Mm -hmm. And Bruce, whose family is, like, arguably in the worst... Well, okay, I don't know if he's in worse state than Drew's parents who are dead. But, <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's definitely the one who's kind of you know he's been supporting his family and they're really in trouble and that yet they're the ones that are the most emotionally put together and you know it was just it's really great <laughs> such a great comic <laughs> yeah i kind of want to put the focus on the family besides friendship mm. because i think family ties are also very important oh yeah for sure and it's a big part of who they are you establish that early on and it's not like well i've seen in many stories or shoujo manga or whatever where their parents just don't exist yeah. <laughs> so i think it's important that you show that part of their lives because well of course we have Jude. he has no parents but there's also Luis that has both parents and a brother mm -hmm. and bruce who has his sister and also has a father but both with some complications. Yes. Miles also has uh, his family history and well, it will come up later on. Mm. But I think it's important to show that part of their lives. Yeah. I have a question, actually. Are we going to learn more about Bruce's father? Yes, yes. totally. <laughs> this mysterious asshole. Oh, yes. Yeah, he eventually needs to um, fix that issue because it's something that has kept him, um, I don't know, in a state of um, anger and hate. And I think it's important for him to, to fix that. Yeah, daddy issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair. I mean, like, the father's not there and the mother is sick and there are a lot of little kids and Bruce has basically had mm -hmm. to give up all his fun to take care of this mm -hmm. family who's really dependent on him. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd be pissed too. Yeah, well... Get ready for a lot of emotions coming up. <laughs> An emotional roller coaster coming close. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so without spoiling the end or anything, um, what what do you think people should should be looking forward to? You said there's going to be a little more romance, there's a little more sadness coming in. Yeah, I think the comedy is going to tone down a bit because we need to make room for romance, for a bit of drama, for family issues. Mm. And... Uh, a lot of other things that come with it <laughs> so so yeah get prepared for that you're you're gonna love it i'm sure of it ah, i'm so excited <laughs> so excited and it'll be great to you know take this month and try and get more of those books in print because uh i think some people don't i don't know how how much you know people are reading it online i think more people in the magazine are reading it because again the magazine is like way ahead um but when you have a, a complete book of orange junk there's so much in there. And I think once people have those paperbacks in their hand, they're going to kind of catch up. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I do know a lot of people who um, we had mentioned earlier that when we go to cons, people were like, oh, I know Orange Junk. I was reading it for a while. But a lot of those people like read the, you know, maybe the first hundred pages and then just kind of stopped for whatever reason mm -hmm. either because it left um, maybe 200 pages because it left ink blazers mm -hmm. or 
because when Orange Junk started in Sparkler, it was already kind of halfway done. And I think that this is going to be a good opportunity for them to catch up and be like, wow, so much so much is happening in this comic all the time mm -hmm. that it's very different from how it started. They've all gone yeah. through so much. And um, I will say that when you debuted on our site, because you debuted with like 250 pages, we had a couple reviews coming out where people had just binge read all of that. And they were like, wow, that was really entertaining. <laughs> is there going to be more? <laughs> yeah. It is so good in bulk. Oh, man, it's great. Keep up that that pacing, that constant. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I will. <laughs> so you said you're about halfway through the story now, do you think? Uh, halfway, yeah. Yeah, I think um, right now I'm writing the last chapters. I think I'm wow. about three or four chapters for it to to finish. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be about 45 or something. Mm -hmm. So right now we're at the 23rd chapter. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's mostly half of it, yes. Mm -hmm. Now is that the shorter chapters that run in Sparkler or the original chapters? Because when you first came to us, the chapters uh, were longer. No, actually I could them in, in half. Mm. Um, I try to calculate uh, how much of them would fit into 16 to 20 page chapters. Mm. I think that's the real number now. Mm. Okay. You do a great job with that, by the way. Not everybody is good at getting a piece of story across in a relatively short chunk. Mm -hmm. That's something that, as you know, Sparkler really looks for in a creator. When you first came on, the, the chapters were half as long, and we asked you if you could cut them in half. If, and, it, and you yeah. can make them feel like they were supposed to be that length. Uh, and you nailed it mm -hmm. pretty much immediately. Like, <laughs> you adapted right away. You're so easy to work with. Everything that we say, Heldra, do you think? You're like, yes, it's done. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you. you. Make our lives so easy. Oh, no problem. I think it's, it's not that difficult. I imagine it's something like when animators have to take these two or three chapters from this manga to turn them into an animated episode. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think they do something similar. Sometimes I just like have these um, pages of written script and then I go like, mm, well, let's see how much I can put this together into 16 chapters and try to make a closure, like kind of a cliffhanger or, or something. Mm -hmm. And I just start drawing and, and then I'm like, um, I think I'm three pages short and then I make some um, changes that don't affect the story and then that's it. That's not that difficult to me. I think I can nail it yeah. <laughs> somehow over there. Well, it's great. And that's such a valuable skill to be able to adjust your storytelling and, and keep the pace up because now the chapters are even, even shorter than they were. I mean, your comic always moved quickly. Now it moves even faster. It's <laughs> 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 so that it's always a hook. And... <laughs> We joke that when when all the materials for an issue of Sparkler come in, we have sort of a crunch weekend where all the editors and the layout people, we all kind of get online over the course of a weekend. And we start doing the copy edits and the, you know, uh, changing the different sizes of the pages um, so they can be up for the magazine for the VIPs, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's usually when we get the first reaction of the staff on the new chapters that come out. And pretty much every month. Somebody is, you know, like somebody who's working on the website, for example, they're like, okay, so I put up the new orange junk pages. Also, I freaking loved it. Oh, my God. And they start screaming about whatever <laughs> happened that month. Um, they're all really big fans. And one of our, um, Leah, who is our production head, she's been with Sparkler for a while. And she's a bit younger than we are. She's like <laughs> in her mid-20s. She said, like, mm. I feel like Sparkler needs more pure-hearted stuff. Uh, mm. That we have a lot of really angsty <laughs> dramas and... Uh, stuff but she just 
loves orange junk because I think that you bring this this lightness to our magazine that everything is so fun and bright and positive even if they're dealing with challenges or hardships and uh, you're, you're so important for our lineup to really balance things out and you also you deliver every month there's a lot of there are a lot of pages you're in almost every issue it's always funny even if it's a little mm -hmm. sad they overcome it it's just wonderful <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i think i try to make even the sad moments a bit funny in their own way <laughs> mm. yeah it doesn't usually when it gets serious it doesn't get serious for very long you usually throw no. a joke in pretty fast that mm -hmm. puts it in perspective <laughs> okay. but. yeah I, I want to like keep it like light harder light hearted mm. yeah I think that's important. <laughs> uh, one thing I realized I forgot to ask, if you want to add a little bit about your process, because um, I know we have a lot uh, of aspiring creators out there. So what um, what do you do to make your pages? Are you digital? Are you ink? Mm, well, I it sounds start... like you've scripted way far ahead of where we are, even in the story. So uh -huh. like, a little bit of your writing process, too, would be good. Yeah, I, I usually write them down uh, wherever I am. If I'm in the bank and then I get an idea and I have to, to write it down on my really small notebook that I always carrying around and mm -hmm. on pencil mostly I just write the scripts and then when it becomes a chapter I start to to draw them as a thumbnails mm. and the, what, what I first do is to draw like sticks and circles just to get an idea of the paneling and the layout of the pages and then if I'm um, okay with it then I start drawing the, the sketches of the, the characters on each panel. Then I scan the pages and I use a uh, Clip Studio Paint mm. that I think was a Manga Studio before. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I scan my pages, import them onto the new document, and then uh, I ink and tone with the tools that the program provides. So it just really quickly. I, I can uh, draw about um, three pages each day. I usually finish first the, the whole bunch of sketches and I start inking uh, one by one. So it takes me about one hour to ink a page. Wow, that's fast. Wow, mm. that's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sometimes I watch uh, movies or something as I'm inking away, so <laughs> the time goes really fast. And I really enjoy it. I think I can finish three pages every day and well sometimes of course I have a social life and I go out and <laughs> but it's always some something like this like uh, one week it's for inking and one week for uh, the tones and one week for the thumbnails so it's mostly three weeks each month wow. and I, uh, that, that way I can finish uh, right before the deadline. Mm. Yeah, and that, that's mm. and that's for like fifteen to twenty pages. You do consistently. Mm -hmm. Wow, God, yeah. you're fast. That's amazing. <laughs> and like when you have a full time job, you get home at six. I mean, like, have you ever had problems with like injuries that like your hand hurts? Uh, no, because I think I draw. Um, I don't really have a strong um, pulse. How do you say? Oh, uh, I I draw really lightly. Mm, interesting. Huh. Mm -hmm. I don't press uh, 
too hard to throw, so my hand doesn't really get tired. Well, it sounds like you also, wow. you break it up really well with a job that, you know, because do you draw all day when you're an architect? What, what do you do in your mm. day job? Is it like a lot of drawing or supervising? Mm, well, it's uh, uh, a lot of things because I'm kind of the manager also, so I <laughs> have to check the bank accounts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes go to do errands. Sometimes I go to the um, to the site and supervise the the construction work. Wow! And some other times I draw the these floor plans and things like that. And say do a lot of things. Wow! <laughs> so it keeps you pretty yeah. physical too. So you're never, you know, you're not usually drawing for more than you know six hours in a row or something. Oh uh, no! It's always. I always do different things on, on a day, so mm -hmm. it, it keeps me busy, but I'm not always uh, sitting down or doing the same thing mm. the whole day. So it, I think it's fine. It's balanced. Wow. Mm -hmm. You're so organized, too. I mean, for like an artist. <laughs> uh, you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, because a lot of people have different processes, but you sound like you have one of the most organized schedules I've heard of a comic artist in a, in a while. Um, not to say that people do it a different way that it doesn't work, because like, you know, whatever everybody's process is. Um, but I know mm. that some people, they really, it's hard for them to be inspired or to feel like doing it on a regular schedule like that. Oh, yeah. But the fact that you can kind of stack in your day job and then draw at the end of the day and, you know, you sort of have all these forces and work that are keeping you from, you know, not injuring your art hand because you're moving too fast, but also, you know, it's mm. getting you up. It's getting you, you're still going out and talking to people, but you sound busy. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is that since I'm working for my father, he lets me wake up a bit later than uh, the others. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the perk to it. So I get to wake up at like maybe nine o'clock. Mm. So I think it's uh, really important to rest and to sleep like your eight hours straight because otherwise then I get really tired mm. and then I have no energy to draw. And yeah, so I think that really helps me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, being able to wake up a little la later. Well, it sounds like also you have supportive family. That's a really important oh, element, yes. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, well, my parents don't really care much about what I do <laughs> uh, <laughs> in terms of my comics. I think they, they've never read one. <laughs> but mm. but I, they know that it's important to me and they respect that. So, so I think that's good. Wow, that's really sweet. And you work with your father, yeah. too. That's wonderful. Oh, yes. Yeah, we really get along pretty well. Oh. We think almost like the same way about life and everything. So I'm pretty similar to him. That's why we get along, because he's also kind of calm. And well, I think he's a very serious person, hmm. but okay. he's also really kind and he treasures his family. So... <laughs> I think that's important to me too. And that's why mm. I try to focus a lot on, on the family mm. in my comics because I think that's something I've learned with my own family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boy, that's great. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Heldred. God, you're like a beam of light, like a, a, a beam of calming light. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for inviting me. I I was nervous at the beginning, but I'm really having a lot of fun talking with you guys. <laughs> well, you... It was great talking to you. Yeah. We should we should have you on again in the near future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm really looking forward to meeting you at TICCAF yeah. in May. Yay. Yeah, I hope you can come because we'd love to do like a signing because we'll have, oh. I mean, we'll definitely have book one. Depending on when this Kickstarter ends, we might even have more, mm -hmm. but we can at the very least do like merch and prints and all kinds of stuff. So, um, mm -hmm. and I would say TCAF is probably the, sh the convention, uh, show convention festival where we got the most questions about you. Like, um, okay. everybody... Like, every con we've been to, somebody will be like, oh, Orange Junk, you know, a bunch of people will say that. But at TCAF, a lot of people knew you. And I was like, wow. Uh, I think... Wow. <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit more of a webcomic crowd, honestly. Like, I think the people mm -hmm. who go to TCAF, it's a little bit more well-rounded. I mean, you get, like, anime and manga fans, but you get a lot of webcomic mm. and independent comic fans, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, for example, like, Knights Errant. It was like a million mm -hmm. people came by the table, and they're like, is Knights Errant out? And we're like, soon, guys, soon. <laughs> But we got a lot of orange junk, and I'm, like, really excited to, uh, especially if you could come from Mexico, you'd be skipping two countries to come over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, skipping, I should say two borders is really what I meant. Um, borders. Yeah. Borders. You go yeah. into the United, you fly right over the United States border and go over the Canadian Just border. Just skip it. Skip it. Yeah, skip it. Yeah, especially. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Uh, and if you got to go anywhere in Canada, I mean. Uh, Toronto is really beautiful, and that's an excellent show. Toronto's pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually went to try going into the train and do the... Um, I think it's kind of uh, a long journey in train uh, around across the border or Whoa. something, I've heard. Oh, and I yeah. kind of want to try that because I've always wanted to visit Canada. Yeah. Do you, would you take the train from Mexico and go all the way up, or would you go to the United States like by plane and then? Uh, yeah, I think by plane and then taking the the train just to see all the beautiful sceneries that you can see out from the window True. of the train. Yeah, I wonder if you can go from like Chicago or something. Oh yeah, maybe. Well, I used that to take the train good. between um, New, like Albany, New York, and Toronto, so you can definitely mm -hmm. do it from sort of mm -hmm. New York. Massachusetts area um mm -hmm. but there might your Lillian's right it might be it might be even better if you kind of go more west so that you're not going across upstate New York which is a little bit boring <laughs> that's the uh oh, okay. yeah that's where we usually drive from so uh too bad it'll be in May because in the fall is when it's really beautiful you see all the the leaves change oh, well, true. But, oh so the TCAF is in May right mm -hmm. yeah one word of warning, if you come, and this is for anybody mm -hmm. who goes to TCAF, it can be quite cold, <laughs> even in May. <laughs> yeah. uh, it snowed when I was there for it. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We, a little bit. Just a well, little. Not a lot, yeah. but a little. Um, a little well, that's flurry. good to know. <laughs> yeah. Usually bring at least like a, a spring jacket, something, a little jacket. Um, Alicia Jade, who is one of our Sparkler Distro creators, came from Australia for the first time. She'd been in, I think, the first time in North America. She went to TCAF mm. and she came mm. running in, dancing around, and she was so excited. I'm like, what's up? And she's like, it's snowing outside. I've never seen snow come out of the sky. Wow. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, well, Canada in May. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like freezing, but it's definitely a little bit cold. It's kind of unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So, but it's good mm -hmm. enough that um, you know, it can get quite hot in the summers in Canada as well. So, I think that May is a really good time for people to come visit Toronto. They get a little bit of that Canadian cold, but they also get the you know the warmth, mm -hmm. and it's like the beginning of the convention season in a lot of ways. It's one of the earlier shows, and it kind of kicks everything off really great. And you'll meet a lot of other creators. So, we're hoping to get. You know, we might be able to get some of our other creators up there as well. But um, since you're coming from so far, oh, man. Yeah, I really hope we can work that <laughs> out because that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be there. Don't worry. I promise. 
<laughs> I'm going to show you such a good time in Toronto, Eldred. We're going to have so much fun. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, just a reminder, read Orange Junk. It's awesome. And uh, we'll be back next month with, I'm not quite sure what our topic is. We're going to have Studio Kosan in soon. They were supposed to be this month, but we had to reschedule. But you'll get them as well. We want all of these, uh, all of our global creators from all over the world. To yeah, it's going to be, it's like, it's like Latina mangaka in a row. <laughs> yeah, and like. Just kind of awesome. Uh, so. Yeah, there, there's, we have the, like the Spanish language comics, and then we had Eureka, who's from Singapore. And right. just, mm. I want us to like hit all the continents if possible. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, uh, and we just talked about Alicia, who was in Australia. So we're, we're narrowing it down. Oh. Yeah, we need to find somebody in like Nigeria who's making manga now. Yeah. I mean, I guess we, you know, we've we've worked with uh, D. Jusan. So we've, yeah. we've got the Middle East. She's in Jordan. Yep. Which is not a continent, but still. Yeah. We want to we want to spread <laughs> it's more. It's definitely representing a different worldview. Yeah. Mm. So it's great we're stuff. coming from a different. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, I want all continents, but I want like a bunch of places in those continents. Yeah, <laughs> I'm greedy. Yeah. I want us to have representation everywhere. Yay. Hooray. Well, is there anything else that you want to tell um, your audience, Orange Junk fans, before we sort of wrap this up? Well, I think it's important that well, if any of the people that are listening to this have a story in their minds, I think it's important to, to start writing them down or making, making them a comic. It's important to take those ideas from your mind and, and make them... I really do because I think all stories deserve to be told and even if they're silly, ridiculous, like orange junk, <laughs> I think um, there is always someone who needs them, someone who needs to get a laugh, to smile or to have fun. So even if you have a sad story, it's important because it might reach to someone and help them go through the same problem. So. Aww. So, <laughs> please do it. So. That's a really great closing statement. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so beautiful. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for joining us, Heldred. This was just wonderful, and we hope to have you on again. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we can all say goodbye. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank Bye. you. Goodbye. <laughs>